Welcome back. Hey. As you can tell, we're trying out a little something new in format, but uh, yeah, we'll see how this sounds on when this comes out. Yeah. Uh, how you doing, Alan? Doing well, man. How are you? I feel like it's been weeks for some reason. Yeah, it I does feel like it's been a while, but it hasn't. It's no. only been a couple weeks. Well, I think it maybe it's because we had an episode come out a couple of days sooner than we normally True. would have. True. True. Could be it. Ooh, nice little key change there. <laughs> yeah. oh, threw me off. <laughs> nice. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm not even drunk yet. Uh, oh, speaking of, what you drinking? Oh, I got the Rogue Dreamland American Lager. Is that another? More free beer free, from work. Free God, beer, I have yeah. so much free beer from work in my fridge. Please, someone come help me drink it. There's so much. Open invitation. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? Uh, I've got good old uh, Wayfinder out of Portland. Yeah. Their Fortuna Dusseldorf style alt beer. Nice. Their stuff is so good. Yeah, it is. I dig it. It's good stuff. It is. Mm-hmm. So. We're not here to talk <laughs> about this sick beat. <laughs> we're, not, we're not here to talk about beer. We're, we're not. We're here to talk about some music, Kirk. Yeah, let's do it. What have you been listening to? Adam? Ah, this week. As you probably guessed from reading the title of the episode, sure. we're listening to 2005's Why Should the Fire Die by Nickel Creek. Never heard it. You have never heard this? I haven't. One and a two and a one, two, three, four. Hey man, there's this band I love and I know you love them too. But you're just shaking your head like you haven't got a clue well, What are we gonna do about it? I've got an idea Start a podcast and talk about it while sipping on a beer You've never heard this You've never heard this You've never heard this You've never heard this Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> Okay, Nickel Creek. Uh, yeah, this is. Uh, have you even heard of them? Yes, I've definitely. Uh, I think heard we've talked about them a couple. We of have, times on the podcast. and I know, like, I'm very. I, I don't know. I was so aware of them that I thought for sure that a song or two off this album was going to be familiar. But. Yeah, that's fair. And and uh, as a matter of fact, I know for sure we talked about them because we I mentioned them on the Phoebe Bridgers yes. episode. And uh-huh. uh, in fact, I said this was going to be my next pick. So I don't know why I was so confused on well, that no, point. Well, no, but but even before that, I was very aware. But yeah, but nothing stood out to me that I, that I recognized. I think maybe I just, they do so much... Uh, Collaborating with yeah. other oh my artists, God, yes. that it must be like maybe I know them more from their other mm-hmm. projects. So, so yeah, this was, but this was new to me. This cool. was all new to me. Yeah. Um. So I've known about this band for I don't know, sixteen years. Probably wow. two thousand four is when I first heard them. I think my dad was the one who was like, "You should check these guys out." My dad's a big country music bluegrass sure. guy. So, uh, yeah, man, I love this band. Um, I like kind of more uh, of this sound, you know, just like mandolins, banjos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. uh-huh. and, uh, there's something about it that just gets me going. I love it. Um, and it, I don't think it really, that probably has something to do with my upbringing. And that's just kind of yeah. the, the music that uh, I was listening to just because my parents were listening to it. 
So um, I like it though. I'm say, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, I'm a old country boy too. Yeah, so. and I just I have <laughs> I have such a a love for people who are technically proficient with their instruments. Oh yeah, and all three of the band members definitely are. Oh, for let's, sure. Uh, let's yes. talk about them a little bit. So yeah. the Feely and Watkins families met <laughs> after Sean and Chris had mandolin lessons from the same instructors, a guy named John Moore. Uh, so the band is made up of Chris Feely and then siblings Sarah and Sean Watkins. Uh, Sarah took fiddle lessons from uh, someone named Byron Berline, whose song Nickel Creek, the band mm, name comes I saw from. that, yeah. Um, the thing you have to understand about these uh, musicians is that they've been a band since they were like 11 and 12 years old. Wow. So Sean was 12 uh, when they were playing their first performances at a restaurant called That Pizza Place in Carlsbad, California. Um, so the funny thing is, like, Chris Thiele is known for his, like, virtuoso mandolin playing. Mm -hmm. Sean was the original mandolin player for the band, and Chris oh, okay. was on the guitar. Um, they switched later in, excuse me, in their career, um, and Chris's father, Scott, was actually on the upright bass for the, for the band for a while. Um, and so they've I been they've been amazing like since the onset. You can okay. find YouTube videos of them playing these bluegrass festivals when they are children, and it's incredible. Wow, I didn't see any of that. I looked up. I always like to look up like the, you know, Tiny Desk concerts mm -hmm. or the KEXP are always good. Uh, so I was watching some of those of them, and there was. I wonder if that's. Who was playing the upright bass? No, he no? doesn't play for them anymore. Okay, um, he was. It was like, an older gentleman, though. Yeah, he was like, "You guys are doing fine, so I'm gonna dip out." Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I don't remember the gentleman's name, uh, unfortunately. Uh, there we go, with my stellar research. Well, I mean, but um, they're not. He's, you know. So yeah, they've been incredible. Uh, Chris Thiele is known for um, numerous <laughs> side projects. He's oh done, yeah, uh -huh. he's done albums with Yo Yo Ma. He <laughs> formed his own band called the Punch Brothers. Um, Sarah Watkins, as we talked about on the Phoebe Bridgers episode, yep. played on that mm -hmm. album. She's in a group called I'm with Her. Um, just an incredible. They're busy. Uh, yeah. Incredible, <laughs> yeah. busy, busy folks. Uh, it's kind of funny because Chris Thiele, if you look him up on Spotify, he's got some albums on there under just his name, not under Punch Brothers, um, from when he was a child. Oh, wow. Uh, 1994. Oh, he has wow. an album called Leading Off. Jeez. And then 1997, he's got an album called Stealing Second. It's got some baseball themes there, which yeah. is kind of funny. But like, I'll show um, Kirk the picture. He's this like awkward, like chubby kid with his mandolin. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and he. The thing I love is that on God, it doesn't even look like him. No, not at all. On stealing second, he was <laughs> apparently going through uh, a Star Wars kick because oh, sure. he's got a song on here called Alderanian Melody. Uh, hyperdrive. Wow. Uh, Night in Moss Eisley. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. That's funny. But um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, let's talk about. Oh, we're gonna talk a little bit more about the band still, actually, because this is pretty important information. So they met Allison Krauss. 
at yes, one of their shows, and they asked her to produce their first album. She ended up producing their first two albums, mm-hmm. kind of helped them hone in their sound, um, vocal-wise, especially Sarah Watkins has said, like, Alison Krauss helped her immensely with her singing, mm. and just, you know, like, not only <coughs> doing it in, like, a more professional, like, healthy way, but, like, emotionally. Even, oh, like, sure. You know, being mm-hmm. able to emote with your vocals. Um, so this album, Why Should the Fire Die, is their third album. It was released on August 9th, 2005 on Sugar Hill Records. Eric Valentine producing. He did albums for Smash Mouth, Third Eye Blind, Good Charlotte. Taking Back Sunday. Taking Back Sunday, uh-huh. Weezer. Yeah. And <laughs> Tony Berg, who, again, another connection to Phoebe Bridgers. Phoebe, yep. He produced, as we said on that episode, he produced Punisher. He's also done albums for Andrew Bird and Joshua Radin. And I, I thought it was interesting that he was a pretty prolific session guitarist, too, having worked with, and this was just a couple of them, Air Supply, the Rocky Horror Picture Show yeah. soundtrack, mm-hmm. uh, and the Muppet Show yeah. records. Yeah, that's <laughs> I pretty thought cool. that was awesome. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Maybe that's why I have rainbow connections. Maybe it is. <laughs> You're thinking about that. Yeah. I told Kirk I have a rainbow connection stuck in my head for some reason, and I don't really know why. But uh, <laughs> who knows? Uh, I'm ready to get into this. Let's Are you? Do it. All I right, am. let's get into it. Track number one. Man, this is going to be an interesting episode. We have never done like a country bluegrass. No, that's <laughs> album. Good, it's, it's been mostly rock and like alternative indie stuff. So this is going to be fun. Uh, track number one is called "When in Rome." That's all right. We got some sweet yeah. harmonies in there from Sarah Watkins. So we got For to hear sure. those. Uh, so one thing that I will say about this song that it, it uh, I mean, if you're not familiar with their other albums, this might be lost on you. But the opening track of this album presents a mar- much darker sound. Oh, OK. Than their previous two. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, and, you know, 
I like it. I like that. I like sure, that they, sure. they switched it up enough that... And I'm not aware of their other albums. So I no, can, you know. so with this one, I thought it was fun, kind of funny because, like, you know, you can interpret music however you want to. Well, sure. So on Genius, the general consensus was that this was about, you know, remaining an individual when everything else or everyone else is telling you not to. But on the Wikipedia page... Um, Chris Lee said the idea behind the song and I do love it is that if there is something better it's worth leaning towards just a little bit because you'll have a great time regardless <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I just love that um, so George Graham uh, is a music critic he said that when in Rome has rock energy level and some sonic manipulation with hints of old time Appalachian music in the fiddle uh-huh. while the lyrics are definitely in the rock mode you talk about talk about that Appalachian music and Mm -hmm. this totally makes me think of um, like Soggy Bottom Boys. Yeah, well and that you know honestly Oh Brother Where Art Thou was a big reason why Nickel Creek got so popular. Sure. Especially among like college students. You know that movie came out it kind of made that sound that type of music just you know maybe not popular but uh, more in the uh, public eye. A little more aware. Yes. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. For so, sure. So, you know, kind of yep. open the door for bands like this to kind of... And I remember in. watching that movie and being like, oh, like, I like the sound. This yeah. is cool. Like old-timey, yeah. you know, backwoods. Uh-huh. Yeah, huh <laughs> I stole this CD from my dad. <laughs> did you? I did. Yeah? Yeah. So, Dad, <laughs> I don't know if you listened, but uh, mystery solved. <laughs> if you were wondering where that went. That's uh, where I stole it. Damn you, Alan. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> let's uh, let's move to track number two. It's called Somebody More Like You. album of songs that can be tough to figure out when the yeah there's no real <laughs> choruses um one thing that i love about this song is it there's like kind of like that 
bell sound like playing the melody at the beginning of this song uh-huh. and it it's kind of funny to say about an album that that like sounds like it's you know it's a style of music that's decades and decades oh, old oh sure yeah, yeah yeah but that bell sound is outdated oh <laughs> to sure. me it it just screams <laughs> mid 2000s like, okay I see indie uh-huh. or or pop almost uh-huh. like i don't know something about it um so Oh, man, there's a story behind this song. Oh, boy. And you know how we love to uh, to b- bring forth our shame <laughs> sometimes sure. on this podcast, uh-huh, yeah. just the dumb shit we do. Um, this album came out around the time my first girlfriend, Maddie, broke up with me. Ooh. Maddie's a listener, so... Uh-oh. It's... <laughs> so... <laughs> My response to that was incredibly immature. Oh, no. Um, Is she nodding right now? Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know if she remembers that remembers that I did this. But I do, and I think about it a lot. <laughs> so um, I just copy-pasted every like all the lyrics to this song, and I like sent them to her on MySpace probably. <laughs> and I don't remember if it was a mutual friend of ours or one of her brothers who like – told me her response to it was just like is this supposed to hurt my feelings <laughs> so, um yeah maddie if you're listening to this particular episode just know that i i'm a much older hopefully much more mature person <laughs> and that response was definitely the response of a 17 year old boy so um i'm glad that uh only would have been better if you had done it with magazine yeah, just send it to in the mail. Just cut it out of mag- yeah. a magazine. No, um, uh, I'm glad we're still friends, oh. and we're both with people that we love very much. <laughs> and uh, that was a long time ago. So <laughs> there, there's my. Uh, I haven't, I haven't brought forth my shame on this podcast in nice. a while. So there we go. Teenage angst, <laughs> not knowing how to deal with my emotions. Hooray! I, well, I still don't know how. So <laughs> yeah, good times. <laughs> Let's continue those good let's, times. Let's, let's. Track number three is called Jealous of the Moon. Trying on a brand new dress But you haven't worn the old one yet You've come too far To turn around now You're giving up the good fight You're as strong as anyone You're back where you started from I see you're back where you Mm. It's a 
pretty song. It is a pretty song. Uh, there's something about like country or bluegrass in like three four time mm. that mm. just like makes my heart really happy. Sure. <laughs> it just reminds me I of like it. like barn dances or something. Sure. Like just a more wholesome time or yeah, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I do get it. If there's one thing, Being, you know, growing up in the country, I totally mm-hmm. get it. Yeah, and, if, and and I will also say, if there's one thing that Nickel Creek does well, it's harmonies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And one thing I did see too that I thought was kind of interesting is, uh, and actually, there's a, a connection with the album we're going to be doing next week, my album. Uh, but a member of the Jayhawks from Minneapolis mm-hmm. is a co-writer on this song. Oh yeah, yeah, I did uh, see Gary Loris, mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, so yeah, how's that a connection to? Uh, there, there's another Jayhawks. I don't remember if it was the same guy. I don't know Jayhawks well. I just know them kind of casually because oh, did he? you know I lived in Minneapolis and. Um, but there's there's someone. So you have a co-writing credit on the next album we're talking co-writing about. Co-writing or or, a, or an instrument? I forget. Oh, okay. Look cool. again, but it's kind yeah. of funny how even when we're not intentional <laughs> in that, there are these connections. Yes, that's, I love pretty, that. Yeah. That's pretty neat. I love it. You can almost like, I don't know, draw a line through all of the albums. I was going to say, I, I was doing the research on my album, and I was like, oh, Jayhawks, you know, I remember uh-huh. them from Minneapolis, and and then I was doing this one, and I was like, whoa, Jayhawks again? I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, do me a favor. Back this song up. Yeah. Um, we ran into some uh, friends of ours on the way to recording. We'll pause it real quick um, as well. And uh, Rob said oh yes yes he said something that i feel like i need to address because this is the song i thought of when he said this he said he can't really get into nickel creek because they're so technically proficient at their instruments that no emotion comes forth okay so i need you to turn this up back it up yep probably 30 seconds because there's a part of this song i don't know that just is very emotional (laughs) like a very emotive and I don't know. Maybe this will well, change. Let me his, know. I don't know if it'll change his mind, but uh, I don't know if anyone changes Rob's mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you listen, so. Rob, but <laughs> uh, I, I think we're we're getting to the part. There's I think. Nothing yeah. you can do if you're too scared to try. No, you know what? I see what you're saying, Rob. It definitely sounded like a robot said saying that. I mean, I, I I understand where where he's coming from because they are very very good at playing their they instruments are, for sure. But, um, there's there's emotion there. I mean, um, I didn't realize. I didn't look at like. I thought the singers were mostly uh, Sarah and Chris. No, it's mostly. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry, I mixed it up in my head. Yes, yeah, most uh, Sean will sing I was every say, once I, in a while. I, when I was watching the live, Sean, show. Sean's the one who's saying somebody more like you. The last See, track that's we what I was thinking. To. I was, yeah. that's, I didn't realize because he wrote it. He wrote oh, that song. Okay, okay. So um, he, and he will, he will sing every once in a while, but he's mostly background vocals and guitar. Okay, yeah. yeah he, I just he hardly ever does he take sure. The lead, so I just watched those live ones and I was like, oh wait a minute, 
But but then knowing with that knowledge, listening to this now, I was like, oh, that somebody more like you did sound different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right. Ooh, I love this next one. Let's oh. do it. I'd like to have this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> You'd like to have what? Scotch and chocolate. dance hold yeah it makes me want to go (laughs) (laughs) yep yeehaw and yahoo i was gonna say this is totally like the song i could see you know (laughs) in a barn and everyone's like grabbing arms and yeah you know (laughs) man so this is the first of i believe three instrumentals on the album three i was gonna say two for sure Uh, i love the build up on this one yeah Uh it's good this is a musical style called a reel Oh, R E E L. Real. They're having a real good time. Wow. <laughs> That's uh, why I need I need a little soundboard with a a rim shot. Yep. <laughs> um, they are clearly all geniuses, and Chris Lee literally is one. He was given the MacArthur Genius Grant in like 2012. Holy crap. So, wow. um, dude, uh, dude's good at playing his instrument. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no doubt about that. And I love like the uh. counterplay between the instruments, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. And it, it is lost a little bit uh, in the episode. So I, one thing I noticed about the difference between us recording and then when I listen back is oh, that yeah. we are still hearing everything in stereo. Oh. But when the episode gets published, it pushes everything into mono. Sure. So sure. anyway, um, and actually, that's going to be there's a song coming uh-huh. up that is very weird in that. Yep. aspect yeah i i think i know which one you're talking about. weird so. to the point that i was like is are my headphones something's broken? wrong with my headphones yeah. <laughs> nope not at all which happens because i wear uh bluetooth headphones and every yeah. once in a while one of them will will drop the bluetooth yep. and i have to turn it back on but anyway yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. so i mean those headphones work well i can't complain <laughs> didn't come on fast <laughs> enough dang it <laughs> been a while since we've done that <laughs> it's been a while <laughs> 
Turned it down just at the chord change. <laughs> <laughs> Love some finger picking. Me too. This is like the only song on the album that got mixed reviews. Oh, really? Yeah, which is crazy because I love this song. I was going to say, I enjoyed this one. I even wrote down that it is different from the kind of the rest of the album. Yeah, but so. I was okay with it. Yeah, so Sean Watkins said that the song was written by Chris Thiele from the point of view of a friend. Mm hmm. Um, and we've got um, Being There, it's a publication, called it Nothing More Than a Generic Ballad with Little Merit. Oh, wow. And Pop Matters said that it was a one-too-many Thiele tune about screwed-up relationships. He does, <laughs> he does write about those quite a bit. But uh, uh, The Village Voice called it a lushly arpeggiated ballad. Okay. So, uh, I mean, the... the Wasn't all hate. No. Wow. No. Goofy. This is another one where I listen to it and I'm like... Does he really think there's no emotion <laughs> in this band? Well, but I'm, you I'm, know, I'm I'm thinking maybe it was just like uh, he listened to one or two songs and didn't hear it. I was gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna get into a little. I always like to wait till at least the other half of the yeah album. But I'll get into a little bit. I'm not gonna say I agree with him, but I do have thoughts. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, yeah. sure. We'll, uh, we'll talk about them. We're getting get there. I I did a a boo-boo and picked another long album but that's okay it's a it well it's a lot of songs but not yeah. it's only like 45 minutes or yeah, something yeah it's not bad at all something like that um yeah so anyway shall we we shall track number six is called tomorrow is a long time Dylan, Dylan. Bob Dylan sounds really pretty on this. <laughs> so it's the only song on the album that's not at least partially written by the band. Uh huh. 
every other song was. I believe this song, yes. Uh, so it had previously been covered by Sean and Sarah Watkins. They, they do a show at Largo in Los Angeles, which I hear about all the time. Oh, like, yes. <laughs> um, comedy Bang Bang and stuff. Uh, they call it the Watkins Family Hour. Oh, um, okay. So they decided to put it on this album. Uh, Watkins was heavily praised for her graceful and beautifully sung rendition of the song. Oh, it's a good one. Like yeah, it. they do a lot of covers. Do they really? Well, Chris Thiele does. I don't. Okay. Um, well, it's actually pretty cool. On their last album, or the album previous to this one, sorry, this side, uh, they do a pavement cover. Oh, I did see a mention of that. Spit on a stranger. Yes. And uh-huh. then we played it during Mother Mother. They do a cover of Haystack. That's right. Right, right, right. Uh, Chris yes. Thiele does covers all the time on his stuff. I showed you that video of them doing Morning Bell. You did. That's right. Uh, which was awesome. That so was. Good. That's a good one. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh-huh. Um, he's done the White Stripes, the Strokes, hmm. all sorts of stuff. Hmm. Let's move on to our next song and then take a break, shall Let's we? Let's do it. Track number seven is called... Evelyn. That's such a cool sound. It's your soft, loud. Yeah, and that upright bass just has mm-hmm. such a, an imposing, heavy sound. I love it. Yeah, this is my favorite song on the album. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just gorgeous. It's eerie. Uh-huh. It's based on the James Joyce story of the same name. I've never read no, it. No, I was going to say I'm unaware of that, but mm-hmm. I know who James Joyce is. Yeah, I, I do too. I just never, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never, never read it. So what are you thinking so far? You want to drop some knowledge on uh, me? I, I, I've been enjoying I kind of knew the... Actually, hold that thought. Sorry. Oh. I love this part. I had oh, to, yeah, yeah. That's one of my. This is one of my sing at the top of my lungs songs, oh, sure, like in sure, the car. Sure. That uh, part especially. Anyway, sorry, you were saying. No, yeah. Uh, I I knew the I knew the genre. I mean, mm-hmm. we've talked about them before. Uh, so the for the most part, I I knew what I was getting into. <clears throat> and it is definitely a genre that I'm into. Yeah. You know. So so I yeah I've been enjoying it. 
again, I've got I've got some other thoughts, but but no, I I would say that it's good. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll get yeah, we'll, we'll get some uh, more we'll of those thoughts on the other side of the more break. More than my uh, lukewarm takes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to make them hot, Kirk. I'm trying. I'm trying. You're like uh, your your takes are like hot pockets where they're <laughs> they're hot on the outside but they're but still then like you get in the frozen. middle and then it's you know it's yeah. cold <laughs> yep. that's actually that's pretty apt <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> i come on strong and then it's like well uh, nope i'm still frozen yeah <laughs> all right well we'll uh talk to you right after these messages hi everybody listening to you've never heard this this is matt and i'm from a different podcast and I'm Trevor, and yes, we're the co-hosts of the Nighthawks podcast. It's a movie-centric podcast for folks who like to stay up late. We aim to get to the granular grist of the movies you love, maybe just the movies you're thinking about checking out, or the movies you want to know more about. Take a seat in the Nighthawks diner with us, and we'll talk new movies, old movies. We're talking about good movies, we're talking about bad movies, movies we love, movies from Norway. You can find us on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and at nighthawkspodcast.com. From that little break, you're back. You like that little ditty? <laughs> That's a little Kirk original. Kirk there made that. I'm playing around with some uh, uh, loops and things. Yeah, loops and beeps and boops. What's he building in there? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So back at her. Yeah, we are. So this next song, I was like, oh, that's what's they right. like love Portland. But they love Portland coffee. Yeah. <laughs> the song is called Stumptown. Instrumental. Yeah, quite literally, though, uh, Chris Thiele wrote this as a tribute to Stumptown Coffee Roasters. Yes. Uh, <laughs> his, quote, favorite coffee in the world. Crazy. <laughs> this was back in 2004, 2005. So um, my first thought was, really? Stumptown? <laughs> really? Of all the coffee shops you could... Okay, but again, it was 2005. There might not have been that many. That's uh, I, I, I was like then. I was like that's like saying your favorite uh, Oregon brewery is like Deschutes. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Or Rogue. Or Rogue. Or, Shut yeah. up. I, I just, know. I, I had, just had to Rogue. Had it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they have good food. Okay. <laughs> no, this is a good one. This is a you know just a straightforward. I said jaunty. Yeah, it is. Oh. Well, I guess that leads us into the next one. Well, that's a long outro of nothing. Next one is Anthony. I'm gonna say Anthony, but no, it's Anthony. 
guess we're just gonna play the whole song. We're almost there. Yeah. About <laughs> a couple more couple more seconds left of it. <laughs> did play the whole song. Yeah. This is the one that Kirk and I yes. were talking about that really uh, messed with him. Yeah. Because in the right ear you hear the the mandolin and seraph. In the left ear, for the first like thirty seconds of the song, you just hear shuffling around. Like it's obviously the other members of the band like waiting for their turn to play. It you almost can, sounds like yeah, you're right. It almost sounds like like ocean waves. Yeah, or something. yeah. Well, yeah. you can just hear like their clothes rustling. Yeah, and, like, uh-huh. yeah. So uh, it probably won't translate to you listening to this episode because, like I said, it does have a tendency to just make stereo songs Yo, into yeah. mono, but. Uh, yeah, I thought that was... Yeah, that was a weird one, because I was like, okay, my headphone turned off, right? Mm. And then when the band comes in, then it goes to... you. The, the headphones fill out, so... Yeah. But, yeah. I like that one. It's very old-timey. Reminds me of a song oh, yeah. you hear uh-huh. on, like, sitting around the radio. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, like uh, you know, old radio shows. I was going to say, it even almost had... The, they gave her that tinny kind of sound. Yeah. There. Yep. All right. How about song number 10, Best of Luck? song to me sounds like mother mother yeah like it does i was gonna say it doesn't even sound like nickel creek to no me. not at all uh, I, can, I see that yeah or in this case hear that well yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, i like this one me too uh, uh sarah's vocals are incredible yeah they're just very powerful and like she's obviously pissed off <laughs> like <laughs> good job allison kraus this yeah this has like a, a kind of dark sound to mm-hmm. it that i like yeah yeah it's a good one I don't give this one enough credit. No? Yeah? No. This one stood out to me on this album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love when that happens. You know, uh, a, a standout track and a, in the middle of a bunch of ones that, you know, are supposed to sound similar. Well, sure, sure. Yeah, because they kind of abandon that a little bit. I mean, there's still, you know, there's still the uh, mandolin in there and... But yeah, uh, so critics said these vocals were snippy and assertive. Oh, okay. <laughs> snippy. Uh, Prefix magazine said that the song 
It it was the song that was the formula that makes this album and trio unstoppable. Oh wow! Which is hilarious because they shortly after this uh, went on hiatus. (laughs) (laughs) I guess they weren't unstoppable, huh? (laughs) No. (laughs) All right. Well, let's go to a song that has become quite the theme for this podcast. (laughs) Uh, The song is called "Doubting Thomas." doubt he's singing about christianity yeah here. yeah like i said it's become quite a recurring theme yeah. <laughs> for <laughs> <really> us <laughs> so, uh-huh. but the, i said there's always one on every album <laughs> yeah but the Thelia and watkins families are both christian families and so yeah we've we've talked about that particular topic enough i think on the podcast to, to <laughs> get to get the idea but uh, it's a really pretty song and it is to me the only song on the album that sounds just straight forward country okay i could see that like yeah it, it it sounds like the country music that was coming out at the time sure to me. sure sure so yeah mm-hmm. as beautiful as it is it doesn't really it's not creative to me okay yeah i, so. I see what you're saying yeah not like the other songs no yeah that kind of break the mold exactly put the, put yeah. the progressive in progressive bluegrass there this one go. is just like bluegrass yeah <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah i got you all right, well, shall we then uh, kick it right along we here? We shall to the first and last waltz. instrumentals yeah this, this one is, this one makes me feel like i'm in a castle yeah that's what i said i thought that uh this honestly i thought it was another cover of like an english old, oh sure like sure. folk tune or something but no they wrote it it's uh, one of the only tracks that all three members wrote that made the album i sure. guess they oh, yeah. they had like 30 tracks i was gonna say i was reading that they had so many songs that they 
didn't release yeah. on the album. Yeah, so the whole album was recorded analog. I saw that, they yeah. They didn't do digital. The So, like, the effects on the fiddle on this one were real tape delay. Um, and that also means that, you know, it sounds very um, reverby. Yes. That means... Yes. Chris Thiele stood somewhere that had like deep echo, like an echo, yeah, and uh-huh. played that, and they recorded it from that room. That's and again, not, that's not an effect that was put on the music. Sure, and again, that that sounds like the inside of like the basement mm-hmm. of a castle. Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they used uh, Telefunken microphones. I never saw heard, that. Yeah, never heard of those. No, nope, but no idea. Um, it's a very pretty song, and uh, this is the only album we've done so far that the wikipedia page for the album had like a track by track breakdown of it like kind of did yeah quotes uh-huh. from the band yes so that was a very very helpful resource mm. um so yeah uh and nickel creek concerts uh first and last waltz is often played as a segue into this next song okay. and uh that song is called helena Helena, don't walk away before you give me back my heart. If it were mine, it would be yours to take. I'm sorry I So another uh, remake, this time of My Chemical Romance. Yeah. <laughs> Hardy hard. Hardy hardy hard. I love that. Uh, Wikipedia <laughs> used the word penultimate so damn much. Did they? I missed that. Oh, How man. did I miss that? I don't know. This is the penultimate tr- track <laughs> to the, the album. penultimate. Um, I also learned that I've been saying that word wrong this whole time. I've been saying pent-ultimate. Yeah, penultimate. It's definitely penultimate. But I think even when you say penultimate, I still hear a little. Uh, pen- you, I'm, I'm pen- gonna need you to shut up, Kurt. Penul- penultimate. Yeah, I know, but I think. Oh, I'm saying ultimate, too. Pen- Damn it! That's what? fine. Whatever. Whatever. It means second to last. Whatever. Um, so Thiele said this is the ultimate climax of the album, which makes sense. Yeah. Kind of builds up. Eric Valentine played the drums on this song. Their producer. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. And uh, critics said it was the highlight of the album. Wow. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. I like it. It's 
It's almost a good ending song, but it is. But, but instead, they more. decided to yeah. do one more. <laughs> well, the the title track, which is "Why Should the Fire Die." choice for a closer it kind of is yeah and critics agree because it does kind of you take the the energy from helena and then just kind of like peter out now mm-hmm. a little bit yeah sometimes that works but i don't think it uh, worked, i don't think it worked in this case so um what do you got for me Kirk? so what are your final thoughts here? so here's my my big critique of this and i and i don't know how to put this knowing that they recorded it analog but I was gonna say it was overproduced. Really? Because I could see that. That like like look at what we can do with this analog recording. I like guess maybe they put so many effects on it. Well, that's or? what I'm wondering because it's so squeaky clean. Yeah, the whole album is just spotless. Mm-hmm. And it's like I want like throw a handful of dirt in here. Sure. And rub yeah. it around. No, I get that. And so I I further cemented that opinion when I went and looked up those live performances yeah. and I was like there that's that's what I love you know because like the live performances even like Sarah's voice has a rougher quality to it yeah and I was like yeah like that's then so what I thought of in this album is I I really did enjoy it beside the like it's so clean so I was like if I could watch if I could listen to this album in a live setting I would be blown away. Sure. And I didn't even think of like what Rob said. And I don't, I don't agree with, with the sentiment that there's, that they lost their, um, you know, feeling with, with their proficiency. Mm -hmm. But, but I just, uh, I never thought of that. They're so proficient in their musical talent that that could be part of it too. But it, it could be. I'm just saying those live performances were fantastic. Yeah, and like her voice, and even the other two guys, their voices had a little more rough quality to them. You know, obviously, like they're in a you know little, you know, uh, little tiny tiny desk studio, whatever, mm-hmm. or you know, so whatever. So that's like my biggest thing was each time I listened to it, I almost it was weird. It was it was something I couldn't not hear. Okay, which is really weird because it's. It's just hearing how clean everything comes through. Yeah. And it was like, man, I, what I wouldn't give for a little little bit of roughness. Yeah. You know? so it's interesting. It makes me want to listen to uh, their previous albums to see if that's still sure. the case. Because in my mind's 
not mine's eye, but my mind's ear. Sure. I don't think it is the case, but I could be wrong. So interesting. Uh, what do you want to put on the playlist? That's tough because I actually would. I think I would say. Uh, maybe best of luck, but then it's like. Well, <laughs> um, he's getting his notes I'm, for the I, folks I wrote, at home. <laughs> I I had a couple ideas, and then I was like, "But um, go with your gut, man." Yeah, I like "Best of Luck," but I, I feel like it's not really—it's different for the album, so it's not really. So you want one that is a little more, more like the band? Okay, yeah. How about "Can't Complain"? Sure. Okay. All right. We'll do that. Can't complain. Can't complain. Can't complain about that. Ah, <laughs> Um, Get a hold of us, guys. Yeah. Send us an email at neverheardpod at gmail.com. Send us a uh, message on uh, Instagram I at neverheardpod. Don't send us a message on our Facebook page because <laughs> I turned that function off. Long story. Um, let us know what you think of our random ass new format <laughs> yeah. for doing some oh, cold yeah, yeah, opens yeah. like the office yeah um we'll do it for the next episode too see how it works out yeah um if you I don't like it, if you don't like it that's fine i was literally about to say well we had another um voice message and then i realized no that was a dream you <laughs> i dreamt <laughs> i must have had a dream that we were recording and you were like oh we've got a voicemail and I was going to even mention it. And then I was like, oh, wait, that didn't happen. Yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> anyway, funny. that's funny because I was about to say, I think we have a voice message, but I didn't dream it. I just thought it because I'm dumb. <laughs> Jeez. Holy cow, people. Losing it. Yeah. But you're still listening. I hope. <laughs> Love you guys. Love you. We'll see you uh, next week. We will. Hopefully. See ya.